The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. And here we are, Adventures from the Shed online, coming back at you with our second live episode of the night where Jason is back at the helm. Jason, kick us off. That's right. I am here still. They haven't gotten rid of me yet here, so I guess I'm doing an okay job. But we are exploring the city of Eridin. We have gone over where our characters have come from, a little bit of backstory, and now we are kicking things off into adventure. So let's go ahead and introduce everybody, starting in alphabetical order as always. Hey, this is Chris. I'm playing Ophidian, the Guanti pureblood rogue. I'm Eli. I'm playing Raze, the tiefling <laughs> bard. <laughs> I'm Joe. I am playing Rolex, the warforged artificer. And I'm Randy, and I play Les, the tabaxi fighter. Hey, he got it right. He got it right. Excellent nice. stuff. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I don't even less. Less is more. Yep. So since we didn't really get into the actual, like, anything really major so far, I'm just going to do the quick recap myself here, and then as we progress through the game, we'll do the traditional players giving the recap. But we basically went over that the group started off, we did a couple of quick rolls to determine how successful they were on their kind of initial job. Uh, we did this so that we can kind of establish the group knowing each other already and get into the actual game without having to get past that awkward getting-to-know-you phase. Um, the group was actually successful in their job and earned a good amount of coin and sabotage um, the Wintermere, the controlling family in the city of Aridin, their grand spectacle display of their new magnificent airships that they were preparing to unveil to the city. During this time, they uncovered a few key facts and secrets that uh, uh, were then again exposed to them. Uh, the Wintermere family has quarantined off parts of the poorer districts and is harvesting some sort of power source and materials from buildings as they are condemning them and uh, basically making life more miserable for the people in that particular part of the area. Um, Ophidian, using his alias, was able to go and uh, retreat back into the Winter's Peak District and uh, to the Phantom Arts Grasp, um, uh, I guess, cover, as you will, and meet the chief editor of the, Arid, uh, the Aridin Gazette, where he was able to get and procure a lead after suggesting to Annette that uh, she reveal the whistleblower who first gave this particular job. Um, Ray's uh, was able to, again, learn and discern some interesting facts about some of the contacts that Annette has. Well, Rolex struggled to learn the beauty behind art and the humanity behind there, whereas Les was, again, uh, trying to, again, do his best to help out, but ended up spilling some uh, wine onto a conspiracy theory-style map and was quickly escorted away from it here, unfortunately. But we rejoined the group as uh, Ophidian is done discerning what he has learned from the note that was given to him. Ray's, Les, and uh, Rolex have been escorted out of the office of Annette, and this is where we pick things off. Jason, now, I Jason let me ask you, uh, on um, kind of a world note here, um, the information you gave us ahead of, the time, uh, ahead of time mentioned the Aridin Gazette. Mm -hmm. Do they have competing publishings, or is the Aridin Gazette really the only game in town? 
It is the biggest one, and oh. Annette has actually done a good job as curator of the of the Gazette to really kind of silence some of the other ones. She herself is a little bit in that kind of controlling group. So there are a few other smaller publications out there, um, but uh, that is the biggest one, which is why it's the most known to everybody. Okay. Then uh, are the others more like... Um... Are they seen more like um, the National Enquirer and the Weekly World News kind of thing, whereas this is the New York Times? Exactly, yes. Uh, cool. Exactly. All right, good to know. Um, I think um, because Chris had to step away for a moment, yep. um, I think we, we, we'd probably step outside and we've got to figure out um, where we're going next. So, um, um Rays, you seem to have seen things that interested you on that wall. What was so interesting? The head of the Eridan Gazette seems to have her fingers in many pies. Contacts weeks, months away from this portion of the city. Perhaps that can be exploited for later use. Or maybe we can find these contacts of hers. Of I'd... particular note is the Echoes, a group said to get messages in hundreds of the time that it takes a courier to take a message. Is she a baker? I did not see pies. It's an expression, Rolex. Uh, it means that they have interest or control in different groups, factions, or facets of life. I like pie. As do I. Particularly meat pies. Not a fan of sweets. Mmm. Pies and sweets? Mmm. Everything's good. What are we talking about? Pies and sweets, apparently. So there is a group named Echoes that sends messages? Yes, they send messages faster than traditional media can. Think of it this way. Whereas man is limited to horse and carriage to deliver a package, the Echoes could fly as the crow does. Perhaps the messages would get there fast if we didn't destroy the airships. <laughs> I assure you, Rolex, those airships were not part of any information network. All right. Okay. So, Ophidian, you hear your friends uh, talking over the uh, uh, some of the information they gathered here. You finally finish kind of discerning what you learned from the note that you got from Annette, and you guys are all together here. What would you like to tell them, Ophidian? And what would you guys like to do? If I said the word, the timeless fang, what would your response be, Raze? Uh, do I need to make a history check, or do I know this group? You would know them. Uh, the fifth form actually has had some dealings with timeless fang agents, and the in, in the near in, in the most recent several weeks, they've had a few run-ins—not bad run-ins, but collaborations as far as passing information along and things like that. So you don't know any contacts yourself, but you do know of them, and you do know that they are not a um, not a not an enemy. They're not an not an enemy rival of yours. I've heard. Uh... 
rumor and hearsay that this timeless fang group is an ally of the people. They seem to collaborate with those who have the people's interest in mind. Do you have a name of their leader, a location? Oh, no. Groups like these are very clandestine. Anonymity There's always a way power. to find someone somewhere, sometime. So, Raze, you would know that there are two places that you go to. One where your particular organization, you have contacts to get you know information. In, in District 15, the Stew and Pearl, it is a on the probably uh, the 20th floor of a large um, housing complex. Again, inside these massive structures here, families live on top of each other, and there are you know, like taverns, there are shops, there are things that are built into it as it goes up. So again, people can easily get in and out and find what they kind of need. Um, and then the most recent news from your organization, uh, the Timeless Fang operative was meeting at the Rising Flame on the 13th floor of that same building, which is another particular um, uh, uh, place of uh, an eatery, basically. It's a restaurant inside there. So you would know that. You wouldn't know, again, like you said, names of the people and things like that. But your group has had enough uh, interactions with them as of late that you would know those would maybe be the two places to go to. So, Jason, just to get – I'm just getting a picture in my head for some of these places. The places that have the larger populations and many floors, they have, like, essentially food courts and plazas. And yeah. interspersed within the yeah. building, and then so, some. Okay. Some of them are, are homes of the families who are there, and they've turned their homes into like the actual shops. So they actually have like the front part of like their front door is like the entrance to their little restaurant and tavern, and they live in the back in whatever rooms. But they've converted things to make a living, to generate money, and then of course to give some basic necessities to some of the people in the area. Because again, if you had to go down without power systems or sources, thirteen floors every single time, and then go across the city to get to the local tavern or the local shop, it'd be much more difficult. So a lot of the groups that live in these areas, they have pooled their their abilities and they have made shops and little centers inside of these larger buildings um, to you know move things forward. Cool. Hmm. Well, I may not know any uh, particular individuals, although I have heard of some local haunts that they tend to frequent. I may be able to take you to one, but for safety's sake, I would have to take you to the other first. The other? The important thing to take from this is, if one asks you how many times the sun sets, I will answer five, and you will answer three. Okay. I want to see if uh, Raze is being truthful with me. Sure, make an insight check. Interestingly yeah. enough, five and three is eight. <laughs> <laughs> you believe him? Okay. I'm very enigmatic. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to get a read with this damn drawl. Yeah. Get but, to the point, raise. Then yeah. will I say one or do I say seven? You say three, less. 
I love the background, Randy. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, fucking. Uh, I will also. Background. I will also mention after Ray's answers his information about the. Uh, Jeez, <clears throat> uh, the timeless fang. I'll see if Rollicks or Les have heard anything about them as well. Okay. All right. Um, Rolex and Les, make me an insight check to see if you, or history check, either one, to determine if you would hear, heard anything or if you would have known anything about them. Insight's better for me. Oof. Crushing oh, it. Damn. You really do be knowing people. Damn, Randy. That's another 20. Damn, Randy. And that's another eight. <laughs> so I, would say, I would say, Jason, for, for Rolex, he would just hear um, because the tasks and stuff he do, does do not really involve high society. He just spends a lot of time on the ground. And there's probably heard what you had already said, where the people on the street look up to the fang, but they don't necessarily yeah. talk a lot about it. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with you on that one. Okay. Uh, but, Les, yes, you've actually... Through some of your past dealings, and again going around and uh, you know being the, the type of charismatic fighter that you are, and doing some of the things you've been doing, you have heard of the actual name of the head of the um, uh, of the Timeless Fangs. He's called, or she's called. They don't they, again. It's enigmatic. You don't know who it is, but they call this person the Iron Ghost. I'm writing that down. Is that ghost Iron. or ghosts? Iron Ghost. Ghost. Singular. Okay. Iron Ghost is what they call him. Distant cousin to the Iron Butterfly. Yep. Uh, I'll relay that information with yeah. the rest of them. And then you would also know that uh, the, the uh, several of the people who know the Timeless Fangs are in the same tavern, the Rising Flame, in district, in the in the in the poor district. Does that name the Iron Ghost uh, ring any bells for me? For you, no, unfortunately, not yet. You said District 12 or District... Which one? District 12. District 12, okay. Is that the other one you wanted us to go to, or is that the one you wanted us to stay away from? No, that was the one. That yes. was the one that has the uh, quarantine zones with the obsidian... Yeah. You pretty yeah. much have to go through 15 to get to 12, or is there kind of a border there that we there, could There's get? a way to get through there. The city is big enough. There are so many thoroughfares and streets okay. and side streets. You guys can get through there. And again, uh, it's part portions of the cities that are quarantined right now. And as you guys get closer to there, we, we can get into, you know, if you go that direction to see them and stuff like that. But uh, Rays would know that the Stew and Pearl is not part of the quarantine, and that's in the same building as the Rising Flame. So... You, uh, Rays would know that again. That is a building that you know you wouldn't have to necessarily go past any of the steel, uh, the Obsidian Guard or things like that. Just, just stole ourselves like, one of these airships. <laughs> just walk like you belong in the district, and the Obsidian Guard will pay you no mind. So this is lower rent district, right? This is mm -hmm. like low end. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'll keep my Shikati, uh Okay. I'll, I'll uh, keep Shikati you know where on then then do me a favor chris here and i do this for one of my other players who has a changeling who changes personas uh change your name from ophidian on your little display uh yep. rename yourself to whoever your whoever your persona is that way i know who it is when i'm talking to them yeah no worries because <laughs> otherwise i'll just keep calling you ophidian for the entire time <laughs> yeah i get it i get it man all right no so you guys are heading into district 12 to um uh to uh, are you heading to the stew and pearl first or are you guys gonna go straight to the rising flame 
I would recommend that we go to the student pearl first so Reyes can confirm whether anyone from Timeless Fang is in the Rising Flame or is set to be there. Uh, if they're if if they're cooperating with Fifth Form, then that would be uh, relevant information that they would have. So I think it would be smartest to go to Fifth Form first, the Seward Pearl, just to confirm that we're not just going to go to the Rising Flame and waste our time. Okay. Is everyone in agreement? Yeah, it works. How it's would you guys like... How would you guys like to try? You guys are in the Winter's Peak District. The uh, the uh, Stew and Pearl is about almost a day's day's travel away in the city. If you decide to walk, uh, there is, of course, the Steelden Tramways, which is the electrical cable cart kind of system that can kind of go from there. You guys can hire horse and carriage if you would like to, or you can try some other means here, but it will cost you some money depending on where you want to go and how you want to do it. Uh, I will go whatever is high, the high roller kind of stuff. That's what I would pick. Okay, so that would be the luxury cars on the Steelden Tramways. This would be the fast way. That would take you about a quarter of a day to get there on the Steelden Tram. Is that the fastest route? That at would the, be the fastest route. At the cost of? Well, that's expensive. How do you got the issue? Shikati, you would know that the Steelden Tramway for a ticket for you know half a quarter of day travel would be roughly around 20 gold pieces per, per ticket. And uh, do I have any context? I can get a better price. Um, or does sure. Rolex? Does he know any of the uh, Warforged that run any of these trams? Perhaps he could uh, work something out for us as well. I would say overall, even if he does, it's not the kind of thing he would do. He wouldn't bargain. He would just—he's just going to take everything at face value until he finds something otherwise. And that's like from price to people to everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. Part of my ignorance is this: you said a tram. Is that like a train or is like a train? Yeah, electric cable car train. It's got like um, uh, large, uh, massive conductors of electricity that are stored in there that are arcane. You see, there are uh, you will see that there are as you guys make your way to the tramways. You see that there are massive cars and there are warforged. Some of them that are built into the actual side of the car and they are like working on it and actually like juicing it up with electricity and things as they are pushing it along here. There are quite a few people there. You see that they have kind of segregated themselves. The, the poorer class are towards the back, um, towards the um, uh, more common kind of cabins and things like that. And then uh, Shikati, he, you know, he pushing their way forward to the very front as far as uh, the, the best cards. Um, but Shikati, make me a uh, perception check. Let's see if you can find anybody in the area that you might know that can maybe help you out. Ugh, not working out for me. I also yeah, so, may know somebody if uh, someone might owe me a favor. We did stop a yeah. uh, little botch robbery that was going on on the tram. Sure, sure. Make me an, a perception check then as well, Aless, and see if you can find anybody. You know, it's a crowded tramway, so there's a lot of people milling around here. So let's see if you can find somebody that you might know. Uh, <laughs> so for another natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Like, Come so, on, 20. So, so as Rolex and Ray, as you're standing there and you're waiting for them, you see Shikati and you see Les like looking around for people. And as they're looking around, you hear just like the the, the horn go off from the train, and it, it, it's the thing. And you see, feel like somebody like behind you has got like a conductor's hat. Going, all right, all aboard, come on! And he starts pushing you guys towards. So before you guys can even find somebody that can maybe give you a better deal, you're being pushed towards the actual train itself. Here, if you guys choose to get in and get into the more expensive cars, then it will cost you guys some coin, uh, or you guys can decide to 
go a different route. It's up to you. I will see you guys in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rolex has no attachment to coin, so okay. Wherever somebody goes, he's just going to be there. Raise. I have to make a detour. I will meet with you all at the Seward Pearl at the end of the day. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, out of game, he doesn't want to spend 20 gold. <laughs> <laughs> Mysteriously, Raze goes back and falls back out. Mm-hmm. All right, Sh- Sh- Shikari, it's that, up to you then, That's right. exactly how he would do it, too. He would, like, just raise the hood in his cloak, hunch over a bit, and just disappear into, just the, crowd. Disappear into the crowd. What are the uh, cheap tickets, guys? Keep us waiting, Raze. He's not mysterious. He's just cheap. <laughs> All right, so, Shikari, are you heading into the the more expensive cable uh, carts, or are you going to stay with it? Yes, okay. definitely. All right, so as you make your way up to the front of the uh, uh, of the thing, you kind of get pushed on with some of the other, you know, higher-class individuals. I like to and, listen to the gossip. And yeah, you make your way, you find yourself into a nice, nice, uh, very roomy uh, cart. And uh, um, Rolex, are you going with Shikate or are you going with less? Because again, you don't care about money either way. You're going with one. They're going in yeah. different directions. I'm, I'm going to go for the expensive one because I spend more time with less expensive people, and I need to learn about the others as well. Excellent. So yeah, Shikata, you have Rolex wandering in behind you and kind of gives you a little bit of a status bump because again, owning a Warforge or having a Warforge that walks around with you and stuff like that typically means, you know, you're doing all right. So again, you make your way into the cars there. Les, you make your way to the back and one gold piece for you. Actually, Les is going to follow them into there and snag a pillow and then run to the back. You're going to snag, snag what? <laughs> a pillow. Snag a pillow and run yes. to the back. <sighs> Make me, a, make me a sleight of hand check then and see if you can get the pillow. He's going to wait till they serve him one mimosa and then he's going to take it back. I'm out of here. <laughs> Where is my sleight of hand? I'm sorry. I thought it said A1, not F17. Oh. <laughs> okay. Not the worst. It's okay. Respectable. Respectable. Let's, 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 let's see if the uh, um, conductor or the person who's going around doing the tickets notices you. <laughs> No, they don't. Okay, so in the in the hustle of getting things, um, Shikata, you go inside and you see there are like four or five pillows in there. You just see Les just wander in, grab. How many do you want, Les? The biggest pillow that was there. Yeah, grabs the biggest one and then just turns around and and heads out uh, out the back. Um, a few minutes goes by and then everyone kind of gets situated and seated, and you can hear the screeching wheels of the of the tramline start. To- it starts to pull out. Um, a conductor comes by, and he comes in. He looks into all of the rooms. He goes, uh, tickets, uh, please, here. Um, 20 gold pieces here for your journey. Mm-hmm. I Shikanti. seem to have lost a pillow. Oh, my. Oh. Um, I don't think you need one. He, lo- he looks around. He goes, one, two, three. I'm, I'm terribly sorry about that, sir. Um, I will have another one sent to you immediately. Perhaps then, you could give us a discount since uh, my friend is missing a pillow. We have, we have plenty of pillows here. It's, it's fine. We will, we, will, we will bring you one. Um, he turns around and he starts going up there. Um, Les, you make your way all the way to the back. In the back, it's crowded. I mean, they have like bench-style seating, and there's like well, this bench would probably fit two people on it, but they have about three or four people who are squished into it. There's standing room in there. And as you make your way in with a big old pillow, what do you want to do back there? <laughs> he just kind of looks at everybody and then just kind of climbs out to the top of the thing, sets the pillow down and lays on top. On the, on the top of the actual tram? Oh, yeah. He's going risky. <laughs> DJ Hooker style. Okay. Nice. Ray's. Are you getting on the tram, or how? Where are you going? Oh, no, I'm walking. Okay, <laughs> I'm walking. It's gonna take you a full day to get there. <laughs> I have no problem with that. 
Okay. That's All right. their problem. All right. Well, as you guys continue on your journey out there, um, Les, I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw to see if you can hang on <laughs> as this thing goes through. Because as you're going on, it's on an electric tramway, and there are tram lines above it, and those things are electric. Oh, no. Oh, so close. Oh, so close with a three. Okay. So, so, on the on head. Like, so as as you sit back onto the actual top of the tram tram car, you're like, why is nobody else thinking of this? And you look around, and yeah, you're the only one up there right now. And then all of a sudden, as you're you're like in, enjoying the wind in your hair, you are looking down at some of the buildings go by, and you can see there's a crowd of people up at the next um, uh, like junction point as you're passing there and they see you and they're pointing at you and they're pointing over this here. And you're like, what? And as you look over, there are two massive electrical cables that are like hitting the top of the tram itself and charging a lot of those electrical um, uh, um, conductors out there. And you can see it happen. And you're like, Oh no, with a two, let me import your secondary character in. <laughs> <laughs> With a two, you quickly try to get up and like try to like like slide your way so that you go right past this one here. But one of the rods just gets you, clips you right in the shoulder in your armor because again, you're wearing plate armor, correct? Yeah, 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 yes. and a massive surge of electricity goes through your body. You start, it's, it's almost like a, one of those cartoons where you can see like the, the, the skeleton of the caps. <laughs> like the uh, you take six points of bludgeoning Ram. damage and you take three points of electrical damage Ram. as that happens. I see, and I see Wiley Coyote on the street yeah. side going, Ooh. And as, as you, as you pass one, you kind of fall down to like the top of it and you're like, you're sizzling. You look back, your pillow's destroyed. <laughs> the horror. It's like, it's on the fire. Horror. It's on fire. And it's just, it's just sizzling there. And then as you, you know, look over again, you can see not too far down the line, there are more of these conductor points coming up here. What do you want to do? Gurries down as best as possible. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, make me a, a dex acrobatics check to see if you can get inside, because now the tram is moving at speed. Just to a, get... a dex check. Dex acrobatics check, please. How do I do dex acrobatics? Well, acrobatics. It's acrobatics. It's dex. Oh, okay. My bad. Sorry. Okay. When, when I call for checks, sometimes I'll call their main thing first. It's old habit I have. Okay. Well, that's better. Or with the 15, yeah. With the 15, you're able to scurry inside. And as you get inside... The smell of sizzling burnt fur like overwhelms like the cabin itself, uh, and mm -hmm. a lot of the a lot of people who are in there it was already crowded. They're starting to like give you some space, I'm like oh oh god, god. Oh. oh they're trying to give it space. Um, okay, <laughs> Shikate and Rolex, you're in. I'm okay. so sorry. A very comfortable one. There's a trolley that comes up with looks like to be delicious cuts of meat and food and wines and drinks and things like that. Um, if you wish to partake of that, you can. Or if you just want to listen for, uh, like Shikati was saying, uh, for rumors and things, you can do that as well. That's definitely what I'm doing. Yep. Make me an uh, investigation or perception check to see which one. Uh, you... <laughs> perception works better for me. All right. And Rolex, what are you doing? Does the food complement us, or do we have to pay for it? Oh, we have to pay for it, obviously. I will not eat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Shikati, with a 13, um, you overhear 
in uh, the cart behind you, the carts on the other sides, you can, really can't hear too much as the tram the tram itself. Um, you know, it makes a decent amount of noise here. It's it's relatively quiet and nice inside your room, but when you're trying to like really listen, it kind of muffles the outside sounds. Um, but you do hear uh, something uh, happening inside uh, the the cart right back behind you here. Um, uh, you hear uh, a individual talking. Um, this person sounds. What's the right word for it? Sounds um, not upset, but very concerned over over um, a particular item that you guys are aware of. You know that um, the uh, Pashar family has recently uh, been able to rejuvenate the farmlands inside Eridan, and it's been rumored that they've been using some sort of archaic or arcane means to do so. But this person that you're hearing um, speaking is, he's, 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 you hear this, this like hushed voice, you hear, I'm not sure, I mean, that, that Delacorte woman, I mean, she going into the, into the forest, and, uh, I, I swear that they're taking something from there. Something is happening to the spirits inside the forest. Something is going on with, with that here, and you hear, you hear a woman there going, "Darling, no, it's fine. Please, don't don't bring this up here. All right, the Peshaw family is gaining power here. All right, they are gaining power, and we want to be on their side. We want to be be with them. We want to support them." And he's like, "I, I, 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 I they want my money. If they want this here, then they're going to, have to prove to us that they are not doing something." Underhanded. You can hear this conversation going on about a very serious topic, um, but that's what you hear out of the three cars that are around you right now, Shikati. Unless there's anything else that you would like to try. Um. So we have a, a man being complaining, and his wife's trying to hush him. Or yes. His, well, you know, maybe not yes. Wife, but, um, I'm assuming that. And they're talking about obviously the whole save the is the Everland Forest that we're talking about. Yes, the Everland Forest. Yes. Okay. Uh, do I recognize these people at all? Have I seen them before? Um, from the voices, you, you can't tell from the voices. Just from the voices, you can't tell. So if I stood up and, like, walked around and kind of, like, passed by them? Yeah, you can always take a look if you want, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so as you turn and you, uh, walk out to take a look at them, um, uh, you do I will wait here. <laughs> you do that, Rollins. <laughs> Uh, you do recognize uh, the man. Um, he is uh, from the Thuriel family. Uh, it was a wealthy family. They are not like a power family where they have you know influence over the city, but they are just wealthy. They have good means, and they uh, again live in the Winter's Peak district, and they have you know various business contacts and things like that. So you do real recognize uh, um, uh, uh, his wife, Soraya. Uh, Thrill and then Hallius Thrill. Those are the two, the husband and wife. They are dressed in some very, you know, fine-looking robes, and uh, they are sitting there. They have um, what appears to be a a man. He's kind of got his head down. He's just laying. He's got like his hat like co covered over his face, and he looks like he's resting. But they're like whispering to each other and talking to each other um, as you kind of like peek your head around. Okay. I'll return to my seat. Okay. Rolex, anything that you want to do? Welcome back. <laughs> did the dude right. bring me my pillow yet? Yes, he did. Yes. Okay. Yes, he comes over. He brings over a very nice and plush pillow for you. 
So although Warforged don't have to rest, um, they don't have to sleep, I should say. They do yes. have to rest. Um, although they don't have to rest, uh, Rolex is convinced that just about all human actions have something to do with sentience, even though he doesn't have to rest and he is, is sentient. So he does like to do things like take a pillow, um, put it next to his head, lean over and close his eyes, pretending he's asleep. And that's what he'll be doing when um, shiitake, that's what I'm going to say, you're a mushroom now. Um, when shiitake comes back and uh, will still, without opening his eyes or anything, to do the welcome back and just con continue to pretend like he's sleeping because there's something important to that. Okay, I like it. Absolutely. All right. Do I know anything about the Everland Forest at all? Like you mentioned spirits. I assume there's some fey in there or something, or do I not know anything about so it? So I would say that you would know something because you are you were working your way into the Jandal, Duke Jandal's um, legal counsel. So you were working yeah. your way up into there. You just, you just kind of got your foot in the door with it here. And there was a lot of documentation from his legal counsel over the, the Everland Forest and what was being brought out of there. Duke Jandal has spent a lot of money sending expeditions into the forest to retrieve things. And you really haven't figured out what's being brought back and what they're using it for, but they are spending a mass amount of coin to go into there. Right. Supposedly some accident then has disappeared or something like that. Yes. They have had some incident reports where people yeah. on those expeditions have been hurt. Some locals that are you know, native to that area have reported instances in the forest that have again increased in violence uh, and disappearances, but you're not 100% sure as far as what's going on in there specifically. Also, there's probably um, a newspaper in this uh, train car, right? Of course, yes. Absolutely. So the Eridan Gazette that's on the, um, <clears throat> on the on the bench in the train car actually is open to that page where it talks about saving the Everland Forest. Um, and the article says that the uh, forest has recently started to rot and many trees are dying and yep. talks about what Jason was just saying with the, the Duke claiming there's nothing to worry about, but they keep doing rapid expansion and construction and stuff like that. Absolutely. So we, we have some information to the general public as well. Absolutely. Oh, look, the latest issue of Gith Yankee Field is here. <laughs> I like comics. <laughs> All right. Now, Rays, uh, you're just walking there, right? Or are you trying to find some other means to get there quickly? Oh, no. I'm straight up just walking. Maybe okay. I'll stop, grab a bite to eat for lunch or something. I'm, okay. I'm taking my sweet time. I'm not spending okay. any gold on a ticket. I see him sauntering. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not supporting these corporations. <laughs> All right. So as you're making your way up, Siri, uh, cat. <laughs> as you're making your way up, you're kind of Siri, following, the, cat you're, you're following the tram line a little bit here as you're following again, because the tram line goes through the city and there's, there's, there's things on the city as far as, you know, eateries and things like that. And you're making your way down there and about an hour into your journey or not even an hour, maybe a few minutes into your journey, like you're walking through and you come across, there's like, um, as you're passing the tram lines, there's a, like a uh, bunch of like a singed fur smell behind there. And you can see like some, like, like charred feathers, like resting on the actual tram line. And you're like, huh, interesting. And you keep making your way down to there. Make like me to take some of the charred feathers. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I go over there and again, you grab some, um, as you're grabbing some, make me a perception check real quick. Perception. Uh, where are you? There you are. Perception. Come on. What do I got? Not good. <laughs> Dang. Mm. 
All right. So as you're going down there and you're grabbing some 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 of the char and stuff, um, you look around and you swear you thought you heard or saw something off in the distance. You're not 100% sure, but you thought you saw somebody you knew farther down the line. Hmm. Sus. Sus AF, mate. Oh, well. It's just a hunch. It's just a hunch. I'll keep it in mind, but I won't let it bother me. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, all right. So as you start making your way down, the train goes on. It's starting to continue. And as it's moving forward here, um, you guys kind of settle in to, you know, the, the journey. But I need everybody. I need Rolex, Les, and Shukate to make me a dexterity saving throw, please. Um, hopefully it's better than we've been rolling here. Oh, yeah. That's hey. a 20. Just out of curiosity, uh, how many tread feathers did I pick up? Uh, uh, roll me a, uh, well, since you got a three for your perception, we'll say you only find like two that are really good. Okay. Two tread feathers. Four, so Ooh. Okay. So as you guys are sitting there and you're resting, and again, Rolex, you're, you're kind of resting, but you're not resting. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely all paying sudden, attention. All of a sudden, from outside of the tram, uh, you guys hear. <laughs> And you feel the entire cart just stop the, in, in its tracks. You feel the, the, the train kind of buckle and bolt. And uh, Ophidian, you get kind of launched out of your seat towards Rolex. Um, Rolex, um, you can try to grab on to Shukate as he flies towards you. Yep. Uh, make me a strength athletics check to see if you can stop him before he smashes into the, the, the wall. Uh, athletics, there it is. Come on, Rolex. Well, oh, okay. completely average. All right. So yeah. you grab, like, wrap him up here, but uh, your face smashes into one of the decorative paintings that's on the wall that's next to Rolex. As Rolex was sitting on this side and you were on this side, you flew forward as the train stopped, and it came to a sudden, sudden uh, halt. Um, Les, you, again, are crowded with a bunch of people, and the train lurches forward. You see a mother with her kid fly forward. You see everyone kind of like stumble and fall, and you hear screams all around you as this happens. Um, Ophidian, you take four points of uh, uh, bludgeoning damage, and then uh, you take five points um, uh, less of fall damage here. Um, as you kind of get bumped, you unless you get like knocked into other people here, and as you like fall to the ground and roll, and the people like fall on top of you, and you hear just panic and things going on. Um, Rolex, as you have Shikate in in hand, like this here, and you're, you're pulling him forward, you see uh, outside, you see like some of the, the train workers like getting up and starting to walk towards and going, It's emergency, emergency, and they're starting to move forward. There, rays down the line, you hear a loud explosion. And a uh, a puff of smoke off in the distance here as you've been traveling uh, down there with him. You're still a ways off from here, but you hear this go on. And you hear like a lot of people around you kind of go, what was, what was that? What was that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, as you guys start to get back up here, um, outside the windows, uh, 
uh, Rolex, since you were the only one that really didn't get knocked over, you turn your head and you can see several armored individuals with black masks on running in towards where the train is at. And one of them is, uh, one. you can see your window open up here. You can see one of them turn, pull out a massive, uh, uh, looks to be uh, almost like blunderbuss style weapon, brings it up and <laughs> knocks out your entire window in front of you guys kind of feel like glass shards hit down and, and rain on you. And he, uh, you see two more people running in and trying to dive in through your window. What would you guys like to do? I'll give you guys an opportunity to act on this. How high off the ground are we? You're not that high off the ground. You're probably about, I mean, if, if the person's walking up to the window, you can see their heads. So the bottom of the window, you can see that. So you're about five and a half feet up as far as where the window's at. But they're like running up and they're like grabbing on and looking like they're trying to pull themselves in. Uh, I want to try to get out the other, you know, the opposite end or, you know, from where they're okay. coming in. Rolex? Um, are, is this an outfit that I recognize? Uh, yeah, like, are these regular make... robbers or something? Yeah, are these Obsidian Guard people? Is that who they are? Make an investigation check. They're definitely not Obsidian Guard. You would know that. The Obsidian Guard are mechanical Warforged creatures okay. that are coming in. These people are humanoid. Okay, gotcha. Well, that is 12. Is that 12? That's the investigation to figure out who they are? Um, uh, it's, it's history or an investigation to see if you know who they are. Yeah, they're both really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this works. Maybe I can get a 20, almost. Oh, Intelligence oh, is a dumb stat, oh, anyways. Oh, oh, for this character, oh, it's, it is. It's not a dumb stat. All right, so um, um, you would recognize um, well, actually, I don't know. Well, well uh, Shikata, you wouldn't recognize them off of this here. You recognize they're they're, they're, co they're color-coordinated. They are definitely a part of a gang or a group of individuals. Um, but um, uh, with a 12, I would say, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rolex, you recognize these are oh, um, a group called the Dresden Hooks. Uh, they are a group that is hired by a lot of the gangs to do mercenary work. They are uh, usually there for things like kidnapping, robbery, and things like that. They kind of, they're kind of that smash and grab individual. So they... They would be associated with bad things, then? They are associated with whoever has the most money to hire them for their services. Bad things. Um, yeah. I, I, Rolex would see that as bad. Um, I get, you have money. Yeah, immediately, Rolex would just go into a defensive stance ready to protect those around him. Okay, all right. So as Shukati gets up and starting to move towards the back around there, one of them gets inside and he pulls out what appears to be a small, like, flintlock style pistol. And he is pointing it at you guys and he kind of looks at you and goes, He goes, Shut No one gets hit. What? Is he just pointing it just at everybody? Or he's pointing it at both. Of, he's pointing at Rolex right now, and, and who's standing up in a defensive pose, and you, yeah. who's now kind of behind uh, Rolex. I didn't understand what Jason said. Yeah, he, said, <laughs> he, said he said, "Sit down right now, and no one gets hurt." Uh, what are all the other patrons doing? Are they you hear glass. You hear glass crashing, and you hear screams. It's chaotic right now from you, um, Shikate. As you're looking. As you like, you made your way towards like the hallway to where you're going to get out. You can see 
uh, glass breaking from inside of windows and you can hear like people like jumping in and you can hear um, those same kind of muffled voices because their faces are kind of covered, um, uh, creating demands less. You also see individuals running up the train. Now they're not coming into your section. They're moving up towards where the rich folk are. Um, but they are, you can see them moving towards there and you can hear the stuff going on. Less. We're going to come to you in a second as far as what we want to do, but Shikate, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm just kind of like, I'm assuming everybody's running everywhere. It's just kind of yes. a mixed match of people and bodies. So I'm just kind of like working my way through the crowd to get off the tram. You know? Okay. So as you're about ready to get off the tram here, the gun, the, 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 the thug who's inside there, he looks and he points over at you and he goes, I said, sit down. So he's like he can see me in between a like a mass of people running around. Well, no, because again, so you're, so you're you're in your car right here. You guys got knocked into the wall, and then you stood up, and then as Rolex stood up, you're behind him, and you're about to make your move out, and he got in at the same time, and he said for both of you to stop. Okay, is he the only one in here? Yes, he's the only one in there right now. All right, I'll kind of lift up my hey, hey, I don't want any trouble, and I'll shoot the poison spray at him. All right, just surprising. <laughs> hey, it's kind of like hey, I don't want any trouble, man. Hey, I was going to sit down because they said no one would get hurt if I sat down. Well, poison spray now. Right now. Oh, wow. Uh, it won't bug you any. Uh, all right. So poison spray is, I believe, an attack, correct? Yep. Oh, it's a con save. It's just a save, right? Uh, yeah. yeah save. All right, con save. Let's just see here. Let's DC go ahead. 10 constitution. DC 10. Well, I don't have this person's in there, so I'm going to roll my... Oh, no, sorry, DC 13. 13. Constitution. 13 constitution save, yeah. All right, so with an 11, uh, uh, Romy, go ahead and roll me damage. Okay. Okay, all right. So as you uh, say, I'm not going to touch you, you're, you release this jet of, uh, but what is it? What color is your poison? Uh, it's green. Okay, all right, this stream of just uh, green mist just flies out and it hits him in the face and you can see him start to cough and he uh starts to stumble back around and his gun just kind of goes off uh not in anyone's direction but it kind of just goes off because he pulls the trigger as this happens he's like, oh, oh, oh. um uh rolex is there anything you want i want to grab the weapon from his hand make me a strength athletics check please i do dexterity sure dexterity dexterity slide a hand check then huh let me see what i got here if he's coughing, yeah, I want to. I want to move into. Uh, you know, <laughs> put a blade, put a blade <laughs> oh, into him. Close. Ooh, okay. So as you go to grab it here, you grab it. He's like, no, and he kind of starts wrestling with you. He's, he's the gun goes up in the air. As it's going up in the air, go ahead and make me an attack with advantage because he's engaged with Rolex right now. Uh, Shikate. Sounds great. Oh, yeah, it does. Almost hit it. Yeah, hold on. Almost hit normal roll. <laughs> okay, that definitely hits. Roll me damage, please. Damage. Oh, well, this will be sneak attack, right? Uh, yeah, yep. absolutely. All right, so here's oh, the regular no. damage for the uh, rapier, and then I will do sneak attack later, which I think, oh, let's see. I want to say it's just 2d6 right now for sneak attack. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Okay. So with uh, a 17, that definitely sticks in there. And with uh, 13 total points of damage, absolutely. So Rolex, as you're fighting with him over the gun, you're about a foot taller than him almost, you know, because he's kind of crouched down and he's okay. wrestling with you. And uh, Shikate, you're waiting for your moment here, and as uh, Rolex kind of grabs him and picks him up off of his feet a little bit, try to rip the gun out of his hand, uh, you find your mark, and you just come in, and you just bury the dagger right between his ribs. I do have a question, because uh, he hasn't made a, taken a turn yet. Do I get to use the assassination skill on this or not? Because don't don't need to. He's dead right now. Okay, that's fine. Okay, I yeah, don't need to. He's he's dead. You can definitely okay. use it here. But you come in and you just bury the dagger right into his into his ribs. You can feel the blade sear in, and you twist it so that you know that it's going to do extra damage. And as you pull it out, you pull out some bone chunk and things, and you can see him kind of like oh, right here. And then you just come back up and you just slash right across his throat, and you can see his head kind of go limp in Rolex's hands as Rolex is holding him. And Rolex as he goes limp you have the gun in your hand now um shikate as he falls and crumples to the ground you can see some of the people outside in the black robes and things like that you can see um them pulling somebody out of the car in, uh, that's a couple of feet in front a couple of cars in front of you. you can see them grabbing someone and pulling them out and uh trying to take them uh and pull them out of the actual um uh, into the actual like buildings that are off in the distance you can see people off in the distance like running and screaming as well but there's a group of them that have uh this individual who's like kicking and screaming and she's fighting trying to get free and they're like dragging her off right now uh we'll come to you guys in just a second but les what do you want to do uh les is gonna get up off the floor wherever he landed uh, yeah you push some doing... you have like someone's butt in your face you kind of push them off of you and you get yourself up um people are getting like, kind of composing themselves you see some people who are bleeding and stuff so you're up on your feet now and you're able to survey the area and then he would assault the people with the black robes uh yep. continuing to assault the front so he would scamper back up to the top on this stops train now and use his feline agility to move up to the front to meet up with his friends Okay, so as you make your way up to the front here, you would see the same thing. By the time you get up to the front, you see these individuals in black crashing through the windows, and then you see one of them coming out through one of the windows, and they're pulling a person out behind them, and they're like dragging her off uh, into the distance. What do you want to do? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Just jumps down and pulls a sword and charges. All right. So as you pull down the sword and charge, there's two of them like dragging this woman here, and she's like screaming. She's going, "Help me! Help me!" And then you see there's one person behind him. He turns and he sees you, and he pulls out again a flintlock pistol, and he he starts to aim it at your direction. Um, Shikate and Rolex, you see, you see your friend. You hear like footsteps on the top of the roof step, and then you see. Uh, a tabaxi drop down, and you, said you have you have a sword. Is that correct? Less. Yes. Yeah. Long. You see, shing, pull out this long sword and just wield it around and start running at them. What do you two want to do? Um, um, immediately ready my crossbow to shoot the guy who's about to shoot Less. Okay, Chikati. Uh, do I recognize the woman's voice, or can I see who it is from this distance? From this distance, it's very hard to see. So go and make me a perception check, and we'll see. It's a high DC, but we'll see if you can see that. Okay, it seems possible. Yeah. <laughs> I got some points. I got some points in perception. Yeah. With a 15, you can you can see long, like, uh, purplish hair. You can see that she's wearing, you know, very, very well-dressed um, clothing and things. There's the, the the two of them are like obscuring her face. They're obscuring her 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 visage, so you can't really see a whole lot as you're trying to like evaluate what's going so on. So the purplish hair is not enough info to go on in this city. Yeah, not enough on this one. Yeah, here. I mean, 
Um, I will uh, I will just see if there's any any identification on this Dresden Hooks guy, and okay. I will also take his mask and part of his robe and store it away for later use, possibly. You have to get it washed first because there's a lot of blood from that. That's totally fine. Yeah, you're good. Totally fine. <laughs> you're I will good. be taking it though. Right. And then raise because I don't want to keep people out of the fight and stuff like this here. Um, are you wanting to investigate and rush forward to see what's going on? Is it going to cost him anything? <laughs> Did we have an operation today? I don't remember any hits. Uh, was that the was that the tram my companions were on? Oh, fine. I will cast disguise self to uh, make myself look like a city guard. Okay. Uh, pull out my ikloa dry and just start running forward belting at people out of the way out of the way city guard okay all right so for 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 the sake of getting the group back together here we're gonna say that ray's books it he just books it and books it and books and books it ray's make me um i need to make uh let's see you can make uh three strength athletics checks or you can make three dex acrobatics checks and to see how quickly and safely you can rush out there he overexerts himself. Exactly. Yeah. He'll get there. Oh, I, I will definitely muscle. go acrobatics because athletics is plus zero. Go ahead, go for it. Give me three rolls, and let's mm. see if you can average decent enough to get there without overexerting yourself and catch up to the group. Can you just nightcrawler bamf yourself over here, man? <laughs> okay, fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. 14. 16. 16. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you hoof it. Uh, and again, uh, you, you go through some narrow corridors and stuff and you're catching up. But as you're catching up, you can see that smoke coming up farther and farther. You can see it getting brighter and brighter. You can see people kind of like running past you as you're making your way up there. And as you're making your way to the back of the train, off in the distance, not too far ahead, you can see on the top of the train, Les jumping down and then pulling out his sword and engaging with three individuals who are uh, up ahead. Um, one of them is pointing a flintlock flint pistol at him currently. You're a little ways back, but again, you are now back up to where the action is. And again, <laughs> but didn't have to overexert yourself to the point where of exhaustion, which was that what it was going to cost you potentially to get up there. Okay, so. Let's go ahead and um, I think I think because we're about to get in combat, I think maybe we end here tonight before we get into it. <laughs> Unless you guys want to keep going, because again, it's a, we, mean, are, we are we are at another hour marker, basically almost. I mean, I'm good to keep going, but it's up to everybody else. Same. I would love to keep going, but I I don't know if y'all have noticed here in the uh, Zoom call, but. Uh, my, I'm, I'm having sleeping. keeping my eyes open. I think, why don't, why don't we pause? Exciting, and I want we pause to here and oh, um, God, talk sorry. about the game so far for a few minutes. Okay, oh, sounds right. good to me. Yeah, let's let um, Eli go first because we want to keep him awake. <laughs> we, <laughs> um, this this game has been th this setting is very very intriguing for me. Um. I've never played in a, a cityscape type of game. So being thrown into this environment, it's, it's very new for me. And even though I don't have a lot of experience with it, it, it does feel like you're bringing a lot to the table, Jason. 
thing. Like it, it feels like we're in a city. It feel I, I can see the skyscrapers. I can hear the tram, the bustling foot traffic. I can smell smell the street foods. I, I can hear the, the chatter of, of pedestrians. It's it, it's almost surreal in a way. It 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 feels real to me, and and it's really helping me get into character. I'm very excited to see how this. Uh, advances in the future oh yeah i'm ex- I'm excited to see that thank you I, I, I try i try to paint as good a picture as i can <laughs> cool i think that's that's about it from me i don't really have a lot else to say like story-wise because we're just getting into you it just get just getting into but it the characters are a blast so yeah i'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. loving, every- I'm loving everyone's character so far everyone's having a, has a good character so far I like how Randy mentioned feline agility after he had already failed two dexterity checks. <laughs> it has to do with movement. It doesn't have anything to do. Yeah. With have you yeah, seen? Get to speed it up. Have now, if I would have been given try to jump. Oh, cats are hysterical when they're surprised. <laughs> if I would have been given perception checks, I'm uh, I have advantage on those. So. Cool. It's, it's it's just those videos of the cats trying to jump from the counter to the table, and they just. <laughs> hop off yeah. the table and just stop moving. Just <laughs> <laughs> so I got is just ready in the room full of cucumbers that he's going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I got to agree with Eli as far as the setting where um although I've played in city settings nothing is sprawling as this. Mm-hmm. So it's like I love I love the feeling that we're going to be in a city the whole time. And it, it, I'm thinking of like uh comparisons to the real world cuz it helps me to picture stuff too. And when we talk about the um little bit of forested part in pretty much the center of the city i i keep thinking of Times square and how it's so stark where there's there's trees and then there's just flat building faces right it's It's also the most expensive property (laughs) and that that kind of stuff i think I, i think it really plays into how we can get into the setting because there's familiarity we've all been to a big city or at least seen big cities on tv and stuff right so it's a little different from maybe we haven't all played in a dungeon um, in real life and, you know, wandered about the countryside like we normally do in a medieval fantasy game. I think it helps to have some familiarity with the setting. I think that's really cool. I like it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I'm enjoying everything so far. Uh, I'm just trying to find the footing, uh, the cat footing with my character so far. Uh, <laughs> but uh I'm looking at how things are going. I'm trying to keep up with the story and like think about my character as well. So I'm getting a little mixed up on some details, but you guys go over it pretty decently and you guys seem to know what you're doing. So I'm just doing the best I can. But loving everything so far, Jason. It's been epic. It's a good thing we epic. seem like we know what we're doing. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's, that's, all, that's all we can ever do, just seem like we know what we're doing. I agree yeah, with I've, I've definitely been... this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been taking a lot of notes to keep up because like, I I definitely love the intrigue and stuff. It's definitely how I've done a lot of my past campaigns where it's uh there's webs upon webs upon webs everywhere, and there's uh, factions out the ass and like everything. Each one of them might tip the scales a certain way, and you know it's great. I love stuff like that. So it's, I'm glad I have a character that can kind of like play all sides of the uh, power struggle. Hey buddy, can you pass me your notes? I didn't study for the test. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's one thing notes will probably be very helpful for this one here and that's because uh, there are a lot of threads going on here but you guys gave me a lot of stuff when it came down to your backstories and even some of the stuff like you know from Les and Rolex 
it's going to come into play and it's going to be pretty cool as how it ties in depending on what you guys do and depending on how you guys go about attacking the city so uh but we'll see but yeah um i know we're going to get into combat here and there's some things in this particular scene that i know might take a little bit longer so i think now is a good time to pause and uh then we can kick things off uh yeah uh, and you know, light the fire so much here. Um, I will say this uh, again. I, I was planning on aggressively leveling people throughout uh, this particular game because I wanted to, you know, explore higher levels as you guys got from three to uh, hopefully up to eight or ten, depending on how long, how many sessions. If it's if it's ten sessions, like I think it's going to be, then you know we should be able to do it every two sessions. So after next game, depending on if you guys survive or how the fight goes, <laughs> anticipate leveling up after that point here. So start kind of maybe thinking of what projection you want to go on to cool. and what your character can do next. Definitely. That's encouraging. I don't if know. Monk survive. Force sounds really uh, fun. Monk <laughs> Force does sound really fun. <laughs> Monk yeah. Force could. Monk Force is another another faction that's coming to, coming to life yeah. here. The Monk Menagerie. Uh, J Jason, how do you feel about um, house ruling making death a little more likely? Like, can we? And I hate to say this because I'm playing a player that a character that I want to see survive, but yeah, I, I'd love to yeah. um, I'd love <laughs> to drop a couple of saving uh, death saving throws off of the uh, rules so that if, maybe we only get one death saving throw or something like that because I I'd like it to be a little more dangerous than what the game is going to allow us to be at level three four or five. Absolutely. And again, if the group is okay with that, we can definitely do that. So if the group is good for that here, because I will admit 100%, there are things in this city that can outright kill you. Flat out, 100% kill you. If, for example, if Randy would have stayed up on the roof, he probably would have died <laughs> over the course of the trip. Um, yeah, he was curious. <laughs> but that's the, the feline curiosity, too. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. If everyone's good with that, we can, we can reduce it down to one death save. I am 100% for it. I'm very much a save or die person. I think I'm supposed to have nine uh, save or die. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm Randy, also 100% down with that. Yeah. <laughs> Randy gets everyone's extra death saves. Yeah. So that's pretty much how it works out. Either, either that or Les doesn't get any death saving throws. He can only be reduced to zero hit points nine times before he's done. <laughs> he just has nine characters. Okay. I mean, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't hear, I don't hear an objection. That I just, I just lose a ninth of my health every time I die. Yeah, I, 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 like I say, I don't necessarily want to lose the character, but I'd like it to. It this world already feels gritty to me, and I'd like it to be gritty. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. It yeah, I mean, feels that's... so, so real, so visceral already. That's cool. It, 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 it's, it's like. I don't want to say the next step, but a way to to help supplement it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was going for. It's a real gritty, dirty city. The part that you're going to is definitely supposed to feel that way. So I'm glad you guys feel that way. And then uh, as you explore more of the city, it's definitely going to change. You're going to have different elements of the city life coming in um, and things like that. So yeah, um, I'm down for that. So we will have only one death save for things. Um, and then, of course, um, uh, we will pick things up Except for Randy. Randy's going to have nine death saves. <laughs> uh, he gets everyone else's death save. Um, and then uh, we'll pick things up in the beginning of combat next game. Cool. So we'll wrap this one up. And for now, we can all say, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. That was a catastrophe.
I'll see myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, and